We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, filling in for Walker Wildman today. So glad that you're here listening and going to take action, I hope, on the things that we talk about today. We're going to talk about the principles of liberty. We're going to talk about some good news happening across the country. We're also going to look at the bad and the ugly and what we can do about it. We'd love for you to call in and be a part of the program today, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. If you want to learn a little bit more about myself and our organization, it's called Patriot Academy. We started it 22 years ago, my wife and I did, while I was a state rep in Texas and just frustrated with the direction of things. And I wanted to have an organization that would teach the principles of liberty and raise up a new generation of patriots with a biblical worldview and effective leadership skills. So check that out at Patriot Academy. Com. Just a couple of quick headlines over the last couple of days. A lot of a lot of good things. I mean, I saw where I love this Mississippi Attorney General fighting to overturn Roe v. Wade hosts a biblical, uh, biblical, a virtual baby shower to help pregnant moms. You got to love that. And then check this out. West Virginia State House passes a bill to save babies from abortions after eight uh, after 15 weeks. Arizona Senate passes bill to ban abortions. After 15 weeks, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So many good things. Our Texas law that we passed here in the great state of Texas, my buddy Brian Hughes, we actually cut our teeth together back in the old college Republicans when we were young men and I had more hair. But uh, anyway, we were we were young guys fighting for life even back then in, in college. And uh, then I served a couple terms in the legislature, helped to recruit him to run for the legislature. We didn't get to serve together, but he came in after I was out. And uh, now he's a state senator, and he's the one that 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 uh, crafted that amazing Texas uh, bill that is uh, is now I don't know third or fourth time headed to the Supreme Court for different decisions on it. But we've won every step of the way. Thousands and thousands of babies' lives have been saved as a result. And now state after state after state is modeling that legislation. Super super excited about that. That's good news, folks. I mean, look, many of you listening right now, you've been involved in this this fight for life, the the, the pro life movement. Some of you for decades. I mean, this has been a long long battle. And for years, David Barton and I both have talked about incrementalism and how we're not going to win it all in, in one legislative battle or one Supreme Court decision that, that that even biblically, God gave them a piece of the land at a time. You had to fight for it. And you had to you had to incrementally get the victory. We've done that for decades on the life issue. So many victories at the local level in states where we've, you know, we started. I, I remember when I was a freshman legislator, we, we started with having parental notification when a minor was going to have an abortion. We wanted parental consent for a minor to have an abortion, but we didn't have the votes. The Democrats controlled the legislature. We had enough pro-life Democrats at the time, or at least pro-parental rights uh, Democrats at the time, uh, that we could get parental notification passed, but we we couldn't get parental consent passed at the time. And, um, and so we had to get what we could. And then we came back, and I think it was two sessions later, we got parental consent for a minor to have an abortion. And, and then just piece by piece, whether it's the heart, uh, whether it's the uh, the sonogram bill where, you know, you can show the baby in the womb to the mom and how many lives that saves whenever mama gets to see that that is a baby moving around in there. And it's no longer just a blob of tissue that they've been lied to uh, by the left for so long. 
Anyway, we've had all these bills passing all around the country and state after state after state. I, I forget the hundreds of victories at that level. And so every time there's another victory, I think we need to point it out. We need to say, hey, we're continuing to win the pro-life battle and we're saving babies every time. And of course, we we, we have this epic, epic uh, battle at the Supreme Court now. And potentially when these decisions are handed down in June, it's uh, it's very possible that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. Now, that, that doesn't mean that abortion ends in America. What that will mean most likely in the decision is that it goes back to each individual state. And and I would expect you're going to have at least 30 states that at that point will outlaw abortion, maybe more. Uh, but you're always going to have some of your, you know, left leaning states like California and um, and, you know, maybe Oregon and Massachusetts and those states that will probably still uh, legalize the, the taking of a baby's life. Uh, certainly evil. Uh, but they've been lied to, folks. They 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 truly believe that it's that it's not life. Uh, most of the people that say they're for abortion, but then there are also those who are just plain evil. I mean, Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood, did so because she wanted to annihilate the black population. She was an absolute racist, and she used abortion to kill as many black babies as she possibly could. That's the beginning of Planned Parenthood, folks. That's that's what they're about and when you when you see some of those those videos those leaked videos of the undercover investigations and just the evil evil nature of these people who do not care about life you realize the people that are behind the scenes pulling the strings and really pushing hard for abortion they know it's the taking of life and they don't care but most of the people i think that in america when they get the polling question somebody calls and they ask them where they stand on on abortion uh, they either don't believe that it's life at the point that they support abortion or they believe that 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 you know we just don't know and so they want to let the mom decide so they've got their reasoning for it but i think most even most people that say they're pro-abortion are not actually pro-death they just haven't been given the truth for their entire life i mean the propaganda machine on this issue has been um unreal so all of that to say that we are beginning to win this issue and i've seen it at patriot academy you know we've been doing these youth leadership programs since uh, 2000. And, and, and so I get to deal with, you know, the, the cream of the crop, man, these young uh, 16 to 25 year olds that come in and spend a week with us at the state Capitol and they uh, live the life of a legislator and they debate these issues. And, and I have seen how much more uh, pro-life that generation has become year after year after year. They are far more pro-life than my generation or my parents' generation. And that is a that's just a really good sign. That means on that issue, at least we are moving in the right direction. And that is frankly, the number one issue. I mean, look at the Declaration of Independence. It doesn't say uh, that among these rights are the pursuit of happiness, liberty, and life. Nope. It says that among these are life. That's the first one, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. What good is liberty if you don't have your life? What, what good is the pursuit of happiness if you don't have both liberty and life? Life is the number one issue. And I just wanted to share some of those headlines with you and all, some of those great victories out there. Another great headline, I, I am trying hard not to be just plain giddy over this one. San Francisco. Now, I know you may think you just misheard me. I said another good headline, another piece of good news, and then I said San Francisco. That that probably doesn't compute, right? Your brain is right now going, good news from San Francisco? Wait a minute. This is the the center of the left. This is the, the, the San Francisco cabal is actually what's controlling the Washington machine right now. The, the, the Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi machine that is trying to move America so far left that we don't recognize ourselves uh, now that we've, we're becoming a socialist nation. That's San Francisco. And I'm going to tell you there's good news from San Francisco. You bet there is. Even in the belly of the beast right there in San Francisco. Get this. I mean, this is just phenomenal. 
the San Francisco school board had a recall election. Now, now let me just stop for a second. A recall election means this was not a regularly scheduled election where, you know, you might be able to everybody's showing up to vote for a whole lot of offices. And if you run a really good campaign, you might squeak out a victory. No, a recall election, you have to get signatures and you got to work really, really hard even to create the recall election. And to win a recall election is hard, folks. That is, I mean, you're reversing the election that just took place a year ago or two years ago, depending on what the particular position uh, happens to be. Um, so it's a big, big deal. And it usually does not work. In fact, for the first time in 40 years of a, having a recall elections, this was the first successful recall election in San Francisco and three school board members, left wing activists. I mean, these are radical left wingers that have been and Of course, you expect that in San Francisco. But the people of San Francisco said enough is enough. They are tired of the abuse of children through the masking, which is absolutely child abuse. I'll debate anybody on the planet over this one. Child abuse of the children with this masking. The, the the hypocrisy of the leaders running around without their mask and requiring the kids to be mask inhibiting their breathing. I mean, just think about a five year old or a seven year old wearing a mask all day. How many how many, you know, nasty things do you think end up in that mask when it's dropped on the bathroom floor and dropped here and stuck in a pocket and stuck here? Oh, my goodness. It's just unbelievable what we're doing to these kids. Anyway, uh, it wasn't just the masking, though. These people were so radical. They had hacked off even the people of San Francisco with their radical agenda. They had proposed uh, renaming 44 different schools to new names that they linked to, quote, injustice. In other words, the, the whole you know undermining of any American hero or any historical figure from history and trying to find some person that they claim uh, is, is somehow wronged more than other people, right? And, of course, it's all based on race. I mean, these people see everything through the lens of skin color. They are the opposite of an MLK who thought we should see each other based on content of the character, not color of the skin. These people see everything as race, and that's where all these false narratives come from and all these lies about who you are and who I am and who America is at this time. Uh, anyway, that's who these people were on this school board. And and listen to how close this election was. I'm kidding when I say close. 78.5% of voters removed uh, one of the members, Collins, and 74.9% removed Lopez, and 72% removed Maliga. Friends, that's three out of four. Three out of four. That doesn't happen in any election. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I just I am beside myself right now. I am giddy with excitement because if this is happening in San Francisco, you just imagine what's going to happen all across this great nation in 2022. I mean, we saw it. It started in Virginia. Loudoun County was the shot heard around the world. Then the Virginia governor's race and attorney general and lieutenant governor there. Um, I, and then, of course, New Jersey, you had the trucker up there that, that beat the Senate. I think it was Senate president. I can't remember. But uh, I mean, just unreal how far this is going to go in terms of wiping out these leftists that have had their hands on the, the power levers of government in America at virtually every level, virtually every cultural institution uh, for years. And and uh, friends, we're going to we're about to throw them out on their ears. I mean, this is this is a revolution in education that's about to happen. School boards across the nation 
are going to be completely remade. We're going to get rid of these career politicians, get rid of these bureaucrats, get rid of these petty tyrants that think they own your children and and these these cultural leftists that are tearing down the American institutions. They've been doing it for decades, and some of us have been screaming about it for decades, but now everybody's paying attention because all of a sudden their kid came home and had class on Zoom, and they saw what these, these people were doing to their kids. And it's happening all over the country. And guess what? Guess who's replacing these school board members all across the country? Parents, people that care about their kids and the neighbor's kids. And you don't have to be some expert in education. I get so tired of these school board races where I've run this and I've run that and da yada, 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 and I've got this degree. You know what? Do you love kids? Do you, do you have a – here's the exodus requirement for running for office. You know, it says choose out from among you leaders of tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands. That's That's local, county, state, and federal government. And what's the requirement? Able – Able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. In other words, are you capable of winning an election and doing the job? Do you fear God? Do you have a biblical worldview? Do you recognize that our rights come from God, not government? Do you recognize that God gave certain authority to parents, to government, to to uh, the church? Do you recognize those things? That's more important than what degree you've got from what college and all those things. And then do, do you do you are you honest? Will you tell the people of your community the truth even when it hurts? And then do you hate bribes? Do you hate covetousness? That's what we're looking for. And we've got it, man. There's parents. All We've got so many of our Constitution coaches that have already gotten elected to school board and city council and all these things over the last 12 months. It's exciting. I'm telling you, friends, be encouraged. Let me just say the same thing God said to Joshua. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you, whithersoever thou goest. Folks, he's with us. And I see good things happening in our nation if this kind of citizen action continues. And it needs to continue in every community across America. If it can happen in San Francisco, it can happen in your neighborhood. If San Francisco can throw out the leftist on the school board, you can get rid of the leftist or educrats or whoever it is that's running your school board right now. You might need to be the one that runs. In fact, go to PatriotAcademy.com and check out Campaign Coach. We've got a little class on there. We'll teach you how to run. We're looking for 10,000 candidates across the country to run for school board, city council, water district, you name it. I hope you're encouraged, folks. I hope you realize there's good things happening in our country. I know there's a lot of bad and ugly, too, and we'll hit some of that this afternoon. I just got to dwell on the good for a moment, and we'll talk more about the good later. But I'd love to hear from you. we got lots of folks already calling in. Hope you'll join us on the program, 888-589-8840. You're listening to AFA at the Core. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. An appalling video circulated on social media showing a smiling Iranian husband parading the severed head of his 17-year-old wife through the streets is causing shock and outrage in the country and around the world. The footage, obtained by the New York Post, shows the murdering husband grinning as he strolled through a neighborhood in Avaz, a city in southwestern Iran, on Saturday, February 5th, with his wife Mona Hadari's head in one hand and a bloodied blade in the other. Contrary to regressive sentiment, no, not all civilizations or cultures are equal. There is something called evil, and this is pure evil. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Families nationwide are struggling with how to lovingly respond to daughters struggling with their female identity. As you look for materials on how to affirm her femininity, did you know there are behaviors that are clearly defined in Scripture as to the true nature of a woman? God's Word tells us that women are relational, nurturing, vulnerable, have a love for beauty, and feel a desire to respond. Affirm your daughter in these God-given traits as these, not cultural norms or hobbies, are what defines a woman of God. The well-known verses of Proverbs 31 speaks to the woman who manifests her God-given femininity through her character. God-given femininity requires no debate. It is a gift that, when freely accepted, will bless a woman throughout her life. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You can check out PatriotAcademy.com to learn more. PatriotAcademy.com. Dot com. Phone number to call in is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And before I go to the phones, two more quick pieces of good news. Just looking right now online at, uh, let's see, Virginia governor expected to sign bill ensuring parents' rights to opt out of school mask mandates. You know, this guy uh, campaigned on this, right? I mean, this this was a, a, a very important moment in the national debate when, when his opponent, Terry McAuliffe, basically said parents shouldn't have anything to do with the decisions on the education of their children. That's up to us smart people that are in government to decide what your children ought to be learning. And of course, not only people in Virginia went nuts, but all across the country, we said, whoa, 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 it was a wake up, wake up call. It's a really good moment to finally shake people out of their slumber, just sending their kids off to the schools, hoping the best for the best. Anyway, this, this, uh, this governor, um, uh, Glenn Youngkin in, uh, in, in Virginia is now going to sign the bill that the legislature passed that that will um, allow parents to decide, opt out of mass mandates, essentially, and a very, very good piece of, of legislation there. Uh, and I hope I hope we will see more and more of that. In fact, uh, producer Bobby and I were talking off air about this is the right way to do it. You know, we see all these governors doing executive orders and, and there's a time for that. There's some times where a governor has to step up and stand in the gap 
and, and stop federal encroachment or stop some things from happening. And, and there's certain powers that the legislature and the constitution of a state gives to a governor to be able to do that, you know, in, in extreme circumstances. But it should be the legislature's passing these these mandates or lack of mandates or, you know, all, all of these debates over health care and all this. That should be the legislature doing that. And so I'm really glad to see Virginia do that. I know in Florida, DeSantis had to step out front on a lot of this stuff, but then the legislature came along and passed legislation that he then signed. I would sure like to see more and more of that. I wish my governor in Texas would do that. Greg Abbott has, has ruled by fiat for two years. He's really enjoyed being a king. He's been a really lousy one, and uh, and it's 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 resulted in a lot of tyranny in Texas. Horrible, horrible uh, things happened in, in terms of people losing their jobs, their businesses, families. Man, I, I just the other night a lady telling me about uh, her her dad who was who fought at the Battle of the Bulge. I mean, this guy was a hero, World War II vet hero, ninety six years old, and stuck in a nursing home where Greg Abbott's orders and 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 mandates and all the things that he did um, allowed for for this uh, gentleman to to just be shunned and kept from his family. It was just horrific. And she told me, I mean, literally in tears, telling me the story. But I love this lady. She busted her dad out of that place, went and got him, rescued him, and took care of him. At home and and um, you know I have other friends that had to do the same thing, but that happened all over the country. Just just horrific. So I'm really glad to see the Virginia governor. By the way, Texas may have its own revolution coming in the next couple of weeks. We've got early voting starting this week, so we'll see how the Texas primary goes. I think primaries are so important. Just a side note for everybody out there: when you think about voting, make sure you do your homework and you go vote in the primary. I, I've always said you have about ten times the influence in the primary because you're basically. What you're what you're doing is you're showing up early at the party and you're setting the table. You're choosing which cookies and cake and everything's going to be out there for all the other people when they show up at the party. They just have to choose what's on the table. What you do when you vote in the primary is you set the table. You choose who the options are going to be for everybody else to choose from in the November election. So primaries are vitally, vitally important. And here in Texas, there's, I don't know, six or seven candidates running for governor including two of my very good friends, Don Huffines, former senator here in Texas, great guy, and Alan West, Colonel Alan West. Many of you may be familiar with him. He's a nationally known speaker and, and former congressman and just really, really neat guy. Um, and I think I think one of those guys uh, may be able to make a runoff with, uh, with Greg Abbott, and I think if they do that, they may win, and you may see a revolution of freedom even in Texas. And I know you people outside of Texas are thinking, wait a minute. I thought Texas was the mecca of freedom, Rick. You say that all the time when you're on here. And and uh, what happened? Well, I'm telling you, one person. That's what happens when you empower one person to make law for an entire state. That is wrong. That is not the American system. And Greg Abbott did that in Texas. It's time to restore the republic all across this country. Enough of that. I'm getting off on a tangent. Let's get to the phones. Our first caller is Nora in Michigan. Nora, how you doing? Thanks for calling in from Michigan. Hi, I'm doing great today. Thank you. When I think of you in Michigan, Nora, and all that you went through with Gretchen Whitmer over the last two years, I feel a little, only a little bit better about my King Abbott over your Queen Whitmer. He was only a little bit better, but he was a little. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, that's why here in Michigan, I want to encourage mothers that it's time to stand our ground and say enough's enough. Um, Amen. I know that when I believed, when I read the Bible and Jesus changed my life and he restored my whole family, and he told me that I needed to stand like Queen Esther, and that's what I'm going to do. I, mm. My God told me I am who I am, and I am nothing else. I am his queen, and I'm on the board, and I know I'm important. And uh, 
mothers are life givers and uh, God did not give us life for somebody to come in and take it out because it was for everlasting, not to just for a second or a moment, but eternal. And, uh, and I believe that women are standing the gap between man and God and uh, man has lost her position on the earth. And uh, the woman has bruised the enemy's heel. I mean, can't you tell how stirred up he is around here? <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> he sure is. Well, preach, girl. This is good stuff. So, so tell me what. So you're you're. It sounds like a wonderful story too. Just how God. It sounds like you know rescued you, saved your life and your family, and now you've dedicated. I mean, I, I hear a Esther story coming for such a time as this, and it sounds like you're standing up in your community for the kids there. She's clear, Rick. Oh, I lost Nora. Okay. Well, anyway, Nora, thank you. Very, very good message. And uh, I noticed in the notes you you were going to talk about teaching our children to be brave. So I want to comment on that real quick because I think we've we've allowed ourselves to buy into the fear mongering of the last couple of years and actually teach our kids to to be fearful, to be fearful of each other, to be fearful of of parents, to be fearful that they're going to get. I mean, I've I've heard watched kids crying thinking that they're going to bring home the virus and kill their parents. I mean, this is so ridiculous and so sad what we've done to kids and creating this spirit of fear. I've got a, I've got a shirt we put out on the front. It says, fear is not a virtue. And on the back, it says, be dangerous. Be dangerous to the enemy, dangerous to apathy, and an absolutely existential threat to tyranny. Uh, this idea of us teaching kids to be fearful instead of teaching them to be brave is the opposite of the American DNA, the opposite of the American value system. I love Ronald Reagan's speech after the space shuttle Challenger exploded. I was a freshman in high school, and he, uh, we were all watching it, you know, and the and and it was devastating. And 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 the children, he he literally starts the speech saying, "I want to speak to the school children of America, because you're you're maybe wondering why do we do this? Why do we explore? Why do we take chances like that?" And he said, "The future does not belong to the faint-hearted; it belongs to the brave." And that's the example that he set. That's the example those astronauts set. That's the example our military sets. That's the example our first responders set. And that's the example our teachers should be setting and that we as parents should be setting. Pastors pastors being black robe regiment pastors, not afraid to speak truth. All of us being willing to speak up and 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 stand for truth, just as, just as Nora was saying. So I, I think what a great message. Let's make sure we are teaching our kids to be brave. Not to be afraid, just like uh, just like that quote uh, from Joshua that we talked about earlier. Okay, let's move over to Indiana, Kimberly in Indiana. How you doing, Kimberly? What's your question or comment today? Hi, um, I just wanted to comment. Uh, Twyla Brace, cchfreedom.org, has a um, place where you can get information to oppose the universal patient identifier a national medical number that would um, solidify electronic health records and uh, be a big part of a one-payer system. Um, and then also encourage all the hosts uh, at AFA to talk more about people um, getting involved in being poll workers. You have to... Um, be trained and, and you get paid and I don't know how much commitment is involved but it's nothing where you can go and sign up the day before election day right and, right. Um, and no Kimberly I'm so glad you rate there's go ahead, apparently I'm sorry. a very sh- uh, shortage of conservative poll watchers 
Yes, yes. No, you raise a huge, huge point, Kimberly. And, and, and I, you know, I talked about Virginia a little earlier. That was a shocking victory because everybody assumed with a blue state, with the blue election laws where you could, you know, no voter ID, unlimited absentee validating, all this crazy stuff that makes it so easy to cheat that it would be impossible for the Republicans to win there. The difference maker was what you just said, and that is the poll watchers and the people on the ground. If I recall right, the organizations that got active, the conservative organizations, pro-life organizations, uh, faith-based organizations, they all got together. And I think they had 3,500 poll watchers on the ground involved to make sure that we could have an election that we could trust that the, that the person that actually got the most votes actually won. And uh, look at the result. We won in a blue state that nobody thought we could we could win in. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I will echo exactly what you just said. I encourage everybody. That's, that's a great uh, action step, right? That's a great thing that everyone can do to go be a poll watcher or to be a uh, or, or, or to even just help with the election as an as, as an election judge or as a someone that checks people in. Um, it doesn't, you know, doesn't pay hardly at all. I think in my county they pay you, you know, whatever, maybe ten dollars a day or something to cover your lunch. Uh, but it's a great way to give back. Lives, fortune, sacred honor, right? We're supposed to all give of our life, and so a little bit of our time. And for some people, that's the best way for them to volunteer and be a part of the principles of liberty and be a part of this wonderful system of freedom that we have. And speaking of freedom, those freedom convoy organizers. In, uh, in Canada, they, they say, we will hold the line. That's their quote. We will hold the line. We are not deterred by these emergency actions of Trudeau, which is, uh, if you weren't listening yesterday, we covered this a little bit, but it, it's, um, it's unreal what's happening in, in, in Canada. This very small-minded man is becoming a dictator. He, he, is, he is invoking these emergency powers that he didn't use whenever BLM was burning down cities, whenever Antifa was attacking people. Uh, he didn't use it then. He actually marched with them. And now these peaceful truckers, these praying truckers, these these liberty-loving, family-oriented truckers who are trying to save freedom in Canada. <laughs> I love it. There we go. Uh, these people, he's going after, right? And he's using a, 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 a piece of legislation that's designed for essentially an attack, as if it was, you know, Red Dawn and, and a foreign nation has has uh, dropped in with their paratroopers and they're attacking the place. That's the type of thing uh, that this emergency act was was intended for, and he's using it to go after these truckers. What a shame. But they are not deterred. Uh, they, they are not in any way... Uh, defeated and in fact um, um, they are they are making it clear they're going to hold the line so pretty cool pretty cool okay uh, let's see we've got uh, that was Kimberly so let's go to Jerry in Texas Jerry how you doing man what's your question or comment today good brother good uh, so <clears throat> college station uh, resident getting ready for the runoff and I, I do want to say that I, I feel the same way uh, Greg Abbott has just done a horrible job these past couple years uh, of course, I didn't get to Texas in 2015, and he seemed like he was doing okay, but he took the ability to do what he was doing and kind of went overboard with it. So I do think it's time for uh, a new governor, along with a bunch of others. I will say I have been doing the research, and I'm kind of stuck. I'm with you. I think Huffin and and West are the two great candidates for Texas governor. I'm just having a hard time. I do a little more research because they both stand out above all the others in the crowd, but yeah. it just comes down to kind of like I'm school choice because I homeschool good for and you so I want more school choice but they're you know they're both kind of neck and neck with the energy that went on with Texas energy being independent starting back up the coal burning ones Texas has too many natural resources and land to just willfully bow down to the government and secede their 10th amendment rights 
We need somebody that's going to stand up and say, no, this is our state. You're failing to do your constitutional duty as the federal government, so we're going to do it under the Tenth Amendment, and you can kick rocks. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and in fact, uh, Jerry, you're hitting on so many good issues here. You know, that that is the responsibility of a governor at that point. If you look at Article 4, Section 4, the Guarantee Clause, the federal government is supposed to guarantee the republic. It's supposed to repel invasions. It's supposed to be protecting the border. It's completely failing on purpose to do that. And so under Article 1, Section 10, the states absolutely have the power in Clause 3 to step up and do it themselves. And so Don Huffines and Alan West both have, have proposed exactly what needs to be done to do that. They both have the guts to do it. They would do it. They understand the Constitution. They'll fight for the Constitution. Greg Habit, Abbott has had almost eight years to do it and has refused to do it. He he has press conferences. He talks about it. He acts like he's going to do something. He'll get money appropriated. He'll go build this little bitty section of the wall and then have a big press conference and act like he's doing a whole lot more than he is. Uh, but underneath and behind the scenes, I'm telling you, I talked to all the people on the ground. Uh, it's all hat, no cattle, I promise you. So you're, you're right on, Jerry, and your analysis is right on. And I would just encourage you, you know, look, Huffines and West both, either one would be great. And if you vote for anyone but Abbott in the primary, it helps to force the runoff. The key is that Abbott has to be below 50 percent in the March 1st election. Early voting started this week. But if on March 1st, that night, if Greg Abbott is below 50 percent, there'll be a runoff between whoever gets first and whoever gets second. And I fully expect he'll get first and he may win it outright on primary night. I hope not, but he might. And whoever gets second, which I believe will be either Alan West or Don Huffines, We'll go into a runoff with Abbott, and that's where the real campaign begins. And that'll be about a two-and-a-half-month campaign. So, Jerry, I love your analysis. You're spot-on on the constitutional uh, questions and issues as well. And uh, welcome to Texas, man. Glad you got here, and uh, uh, you're in a good place at College Station. My son, uh, Trey, is actually a—he's an Aggie. I'm a T-SIP, uh, and you understand exactly what I'm saying there. But uh, uh, those non-Longhorn uh, and Aggie folks out there may not may not, <laughs> may not know what I'm talking about. But, um, all right, we got a break in just a second, and then when we come back, we'll have Joanna— in Texas, going to talk about the primary voter guides um, and how important it is for folks to get educated. I always tell people, look, don't just go in and vote for the names that sound good. Study, 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 study. Do your homework before you go in so you can cast an informed vote. And even better, once you do your homework, share your homework with your friends and family. Put it out there on social media. Most people have no idea who they're going to go in and vote for other than maybe president or governor. And then all those other races down ballot, they just guess when they get in there. Whatever name they remember seeing a sign on or whatever it might be, don't do that. Do your homework. Make sure you're studying the ballots, studying the candidates, and casting an informed vote. And I would encourage you to do the same thing in November. Don't just go vote Republican or Democrat. Go vote for the principles. Whichever candidate is standing for the principles, the biblical worldview that you believe in and that you want to see in your neighborhood, in your community, in your state, in your nation, that's who you should vote for, regardless of party. And uh, you can only do that if you spend a little bit of time studying those things. It doesn't take a lot of time, just a little bit of time studying those things. And hopefully before the end of uh, today's program, we'll also talk a little bit about this witch hunt that continues to go on in Washington, D.C. since they had their Rostock fire uh, back on January 6th. We'll hit some of that as well, but we got to take a quick break. The number to call in is 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You're listening to AFA at the Core. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, 
I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, <laughs> marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives every day, even children. Do you know the average age of a child who is trafficked is 12 years old? I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and help end this human tragedy. 8 Days of Hope has decided to be a part of that solution. God's opened up a door for us to partner with existing ministries, and that's where we bring skilled volunteers to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility for survivors to receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual healing they need. If you're skilled in any trade and you want to use your gifts for a greater purpose, please contact us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. We would love for you to join us on our next project. For more information about the ministry of 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You can learn more at PatriotAcademy.com. PatriotAcademy.com. Phone number to call in is 888-589-8840. This hour goes way, way too fast. There's so much more I wanted to get to, but we'll do it tomorrow and uh, Friday. Looking forward to being with you throughout this week. Let's get back to the phones. Joanna is calling in from Texas. Joanna, how you doing? Comment or question? Go for it. Yes, sir. I'm so excited that you um, had a caller mention a voter guide. The iVoter guide is out for Texas Republican primary voters. Early voting started Monday. You can go to the polls armed to vote wisely and informed vote on every race just by reviewing that voter guide. It's very extensive. It covers donations to and from the candidates and who's endorsed the candidates, scorecards, 
on how they voted if they're incumbents in a candidate survey. And it's the most rewarding feeling to walk out of the polls after you voted with confidence that you have made a wise choice, which is a sign of good stewardship as Christians. That's a gift from God, the gift of self-government and the ability to elect our leaders. So thank you. Thank you. So all that you're doing in Texas and around the country, promoting and educating us on the Constitution, for your regular posts on Facebook, the fireside chats, they're all excellent. And I'm thrilled to get to talk to you. I appreciate you, brother. Oh, God bless you, Joanna. Thank you so much. And I, I tell you, iVoterGuide.com is the coolest tool ever in, in voter guides. I mean, they have done a phenomenal job. And, and and for folks outside of Texas, same thing. You just go to the website, iVoterGuide.com, click on your state. It pulls up all this great information. What I've always disliked about voter guides in the past is you just get like two or three votes uh, uh, that somebody's cast. And if they haven't run for office before, you get practically nothing. You just get what their campaign promises are. What iVoterGuide.com has done, they go in, man, they look at who these people gave money to, who gave money to them, uh, what they've supported in the past, what they've been a part of, voted, their, all of that. And then they really give you, and I'm a visual person, so I like colors and I like I like post-it notes all over the place. And then they give you basically a color-coded guide on on whether they're, they lean conservative or lean uh, liberal. Do, are they very conservative? Are they just partially conservative? But then you can dive into the details as much as you want right there on your phone or your computer. It's amazing. iVoterGuide.com. Go to that website today and you can check out uh, the details in the particular races that uh, that you're concerned about. We were talking about the governor's race, and I just, as we were talking about that, <laughs> probably this tech world where they spy on you and know everything you're saying. I don't know, but I got to a notice on my phone, and it looks like the latest poll in the Texas primary is showing Alan West actually ahead of Greg Abbott, uh, 38 to 32, and then everybody else kind of splitting up. I think I think Huffines is third, and then all the other folks uh, down below that. But um, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, so, okay, let's go back to the phones. I think uh, Ken in Maryland up next. Ken, thanks for calling in, sir. Hello. Yes, sir. This is Ken. Uh, this, this is Ken. Go for it, brother. What's your question or comment? Okay. Hi, Rick. Hey, th- yeah. Um, okay. So uh, what, I like what you were saying about the truckers in uh, Canada, and I like what I've been hearing about the support that they're getting from their own citizens and from us down here in the United States. Now, here's what I want to say. I'm 100% for what they're doing, and I think they're fighting the good fight. I just think that under the circumstances with this emergency act, they might end up getting taken out of there and arrested, and that's going to be terrible. And so my my thought is maybe it's time to leave there but not quit. Just regroup and change strategy like you like a military operation. You you go and you start into a battle, and maybe things aren't looking so hot, so you have to back off, uh, regroup, change your strategy, and come back fighting uh, – at another place or in another way and just keep doing it repeatedly. It's not like they'd be giving up. They would just be making a change in their movement. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great comment. I, I really do. I mean, I don't know strategically. I'm not involved in those conversations or, or following close enough to know uh, strategically what, what uh, would be best for them at this point or what tactics they are, they are planning to, uh, to use for whatever the next move is. I did watch. It's interesting you made you, you did this call, Ken, because I, I watched a quick video of Jordan Peterson saying something kind of similar. He's basically saying, you know, now it's time for some wisdom to figure out 
when to call a win a win and 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 like you're saying make a a next move and i just don't know the answer to that i know for some of them it's hey we're not leaving until all these mandates are are gone and and honestly if i was up there that'd probably be what i would do but i'm not on the ground and i don't know the exact circumstances i certainly have no problem with arrest i mean if they i think sometimes you got to be willing to go to jail uh, it, during a civil disobedience kind of situation uh, and and fight it from there. And sometimes that's what changes things. I know in the in the 60s, one of the things that really changed things was in in Birmingham when Reverend Shuttlesworth and, and, and Martin Luther King Jr., you know, when you marched with them, you had to be peaceful. You had to sign a piece of paper saying, I will think like Christ, I will speak like Christ, I'll have love in my heart like Christ. I mean, they were adamant about that. That's why they never, you know, burned things or tore things down. They were very much about peaceful protest, even though it was often civil disobedience. It was done. Uh, peacefully. Uh, but what turned things was when you had these dogs and these fire hoses and all this stuff on the kids. And I remember being at the at the church there in Atlanta um, at where where the uh, the Kings all grew up. And Alveda King is uh, MLK, MLK's niece. Uh, she's uh, her dad was A.D. King. A.D. King and, and MLK were brothers. They were called the Sons of Thunder. They were both preachers. And her dad, A.D., um, but she just told us all kinds of amazing stories about about the stuff that that went on there. But she talked about the fact that what what turned the tide was when the kids when the kids showed up as part of the protest and uh, and these uh, and, 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 and the authorities in place, you know, sick the dogs on them and the fire hoses. And, they, and when people saw that, they said enough is enough. This has got to stop. And so sometimes the arrest is what finally gets enough of the people off a of dead center and into the into the cost. But I honestly, man, I I I just don't know, Ken. I don't I don't know what the I would have to be involved in their discussions and 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 know a little bit more about what's going on on the ground to know if it's time for them to make that pivot uh, that you're talking about. Could be, could be. But boy, I'm sure proud of what they've accomplished already. Uh, let's see. Next we got Bruce in Missouri. Bruce, how you doing? What's your comment or question today? Yes, sir. Good to talk to you. I was yes, just going to ask, Mike Lindell had said that down there in Texas, the main problem, and I wrote your governor already, but I just got a little, I received your letter thing from him. But he's also got a list out of all these judges, your Supreme Court and your Texas. You can't uh, appeal to any higher court the way I understand it. And they, they voted eight to one that your attorney general can go after any kind of crime he wants except for election fraud. And you know you got a lot of Soros people that aren't going to go after those people. So how do you get them? They said they were mostly Republicans. How do you get them to change that? Should I just call them and all those judges and give them an answer or ask them? Yeah. Are you are you in Texas, Bruce, or are you in Missouri? I'm in Missouri, but I mean, man, I, you know, yeah. if we lose Texas, that ain't. No, no, no. I, I appreciate it. No, I just, I only asked that just to, so I could answer your question with whether or not you're a constituent of these judges because oh, yeah. they're elected in Texas. That. Yeah. No, no. Fantastic point. Let, let me a uh, l- little bit of uh, uh, background on, on this. So there are two Supreme Courts in Texas. There's the Texas Supreme Court, which handles all civil cases. And then there's the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, which handles all criminal cases. And that's essentially a Supreme Court. You don't appeal from the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals to the Texas Supreme Court. They're already the Supreme on criminal issues. You have to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, if you're if it is a, if it's something you, that you could appeal to the to the to the federal courts and the decision you're talking about, it's all Republicans, by the way, on that court, on both of those courts. And uh, and the decision you're talking about basically said that Ken Paxton, as attorney general, could not go after voter fraud in those local areas if the D.A. in that local area is not going after voter fraud, which is crazy. Right. Because if you've got corruption in the county, 
and the DA's covering it up are part of the corruption, which is what usually happens whenever you have a cabal running a county like that and, and, and stuffing ballot boxes and keeping their people in power. Um, so absolutely, we need to have the attorney general to be able to go after them. Now, I do think there's some areas in the statutes that need to be cleaned up to make it more clear that the AG has authority in this area. But I'll say this, Bruce, I'm actually on a lawsuit. I've, I've sued as well. Um, along with a bunch of state reps and senators and former state reps like myself, we've sued to, to, to appeal this and to try to get this decision overturned so that the AG can go after this voter fraud in, in the local area. So I'm glad you raised that point. And these are, you know, this is one of many, many battles all across the country to restore voter integrity and honesty in, in, in our elections so that we can trust the outcome of the election. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, folks. Don't let me don't, let me give you false hope that there's never going to be cheating in elections if, if certain things get passed in the legislatures. There's always going to be someone trying to cheat and manipulate the process this side of heaven because that's the the you know depravity of man. That's the that's human nature. I can take you back to 1868 and 1876 and all these elections where you had states turn in sometimes three sets of electors, sometimes 105 percent of the state voted. What does that tell you? Uh, anyway, so there's always been cheating. There's always been attempts to manipulate the process for power. Um, what we have to do is we have to have the best system possible. And I'm a big advocate for a system that says you're going to have a a total transparency system, a, a verification process for whatever happened on election night, and then some sort of legal remedies to be able to go to court and argue that that you either didn't have transparency or you didn't have verification. And I, I've experienced this. I had a recount in my first election. I ran for the legislature in 98, 1998. I lost by 20 votes on election night. And so we had a recount by under Texas law, and that allowed us to look at every single ballot. We were able to put our hands on every ballot cast in that race. And, and my opponent and I both and our teams, we looked at every single ballot. And that way we could guarantee the vote recount, guarantee what actually happened in the election. And I ended up winning by 36 votes. So I looked at my opponent and I said, well, you know, Texas law says you can have a, a second recount. Do you want to we can do this again to make sure we got it right? He's like, are you crazy? We just looked at every ballot. You won. I don't like the fact that you won, but you won. Nobody claimed cheating. Nobody claimed manipulation of the process. Why? Because we had transparency. We had verification. And either of us of us would have had legal remedies if those two things didn't happen. That's what we've got to get back to in every state. That's why I do not support all this computer controlled, these Dominion systems and everything else. You can use computers, but you, you can do that to tally the vote quickly if you want. But you've got to have a physical ballot that goes through that scan machine, tallies the votes. It goes into a locked box. And that box is not allowed to be opened until after the election when there is a recount, if there is a, a recount or any kind of uh, accusation that requires uh, verification in that process. OK, I'm sorry I went off on that, but that was a great call from Bruce and, and a topic that we need to cover more and more. I hope to see more of that happen, uh, not only in Texas. And, and by the way, if I could just keep picking on Greg Abbott because there's so much there to pick on. Greg Abbott did the same thing that the people in Pennsylvania and some of these other states did. He broke election law. He violated the United States Constitution by changing election law at the last minute in 2020, whenever that is the legislature's job constitutionally. There is no power for the secretary of state or the governor to do that without the legislature saying yes to those things. That's what happened in Pennsylvania and Georgia and these other states that 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 why I argued for their electors to be thrown out and why it was why Mike Pence could have done that. All those things 
Greg Abbott did the same thing in Texas, and he should be held accountable for it. Okay, let's go. Well, we're still in Texas, it looks like. Janet in Texas. Janet, what part of Texas are you calling from? You know, I'm glad you just said what you did because I didn't know about all of that. But it's good to be informed. But uh, the truckers in Canada, I say, yes. you go, boys. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, the thing, yeah. and the thing of it is, there's a lot of Christian truckers. And, hey, let's let's pray that revival break out. And then also pray, we as Christians, Christians need to pray for all the truckers there and elsewhere that the Lord shield and guard and protect them as they take stands for truth and freedom. And uh, I say, may all truth and righteousness prevail regarding elections. Amen. Ah, good word. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for calling in. Uh, Totally agree. And that's, you know, that should be something we could all agree on, that we want truth in the election outcome, That, that, that whoever wins, we want that truth to be known and therefore both sides, all three sides, all 10 sides, however many parties are involved or people are running, everybody should agree. We want to know that the that the vote that only legal votes were cast and that all legal votes were counted. That's that's should essentially guide all of us. If that's not your position, then you're basically saying it's okay to cheat, it's okay to lie, whatever it takes for me to have power. That's the danger out there. And the reason that philosophy exists more in America today even than at other times in our history is because we moved away from exactly what Janet was saying. We moved away from truth. We moved away from a recognition of God. We moved away from moral absolutes, the basic idea that it's wrong to deceive, that that violates the Ten Commandments, that, that, that it's wrong to, to, to get an outcome based on deception. And that's essentially what happens when people cheat in elections. And uh, I think that means the the real answer, as always, is God's word. It's coming back to the principles that God gave us. I mean, he He gave us the instruction manual, folks. He gave us everything we need to have a good society. He gave us all the answers, all the solutions to every societal problem we face, no matter how good or bad things are going. All of the answers are in his instruction manual. That's why it's so important to listen to American Family Radio, because all of these programs are bringing you back to that truth, giving you that biblical instruction, giving you some things that that you can kind of noodle on, right, that you can think about, that you can then go study, and that you can share with your friends and family. I hope that's what you get out of our programming here. I hope you've enjoyed AFA at the Core today. My name is Rick Green. I've been filling in for Walker Wildman this week, and we'll be back with you tomorrow and Friday. If you'd like to learn more about how we're equipping people with biblical citizenship, you can go to patriotacademy.com. I'd love for you to sign up as a coach and host one of our biblical citizenship classes in your living room or at your church. That's patriotacademy.com. I'm Rick Green. Thanks for listening today to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.